everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. It doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. That's a lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> I'm Max. I'm Victor. And I'm Kitty, and this is our weekly podcast, Towns of Horror, where we get together and discuss about horror movies. Weekly. Weekly. That's 52 a year. Give or take, yes. We conversate about it. You can reach us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Comments, questions, not really interested in the rest, but... <laughs> Random thoughts about how your day's going. Yeah. Haikus. No. Send no. a haiku. No. Don't send any of that, please. <laughs> As the person who will be sifting through all of the fan mail, don't send any of that, please. Thank you. Gotta sift to get gold. Anyone who's listening and just happens to be slightly more of a fan of Max, just send me a haiku, please. Hey, how about you silence your fucking phone? I fucking did. <laughs> I turned the volume the whole way down. I just got a new phone, and clearly I'm not familiar with exactly how this goes, so... What do we do with our lives this week? <laughs> but we quote did 30 days of night this week. Yes. And last week. This End week. quote. Well, for this for week. For this week's podcast that we mentioned last week. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 30 days of night starring Josh Hartnett. I'm guessing he's probably not in the sequel. <laughs> Melissa oh. George. Danny Houston. Huston? Houston. 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 I think it's Houston. It's not spelled like the city, though. No. But you say that Houston. I don't know. It looks like Houston to me. <laughs> ben Foster, Mark Boone Jr., who is easily the best part of that whole fucking movie. Fucking love Mark Boone Jr. Mark Rendell, Manu Bennett. Manu Bennett. Manu? You Philistine. He played Slade Wilson in... Well, we'll get to it. All right. We will get to it. it Actually, was... I don't have him on my list because I know. I just know. Because you know. It was directed by David Slade and written Ooh. by Steve Niles and Stuart Beatty and others. One of those names is really cool. David Slade. <laughs> I wish my last name was Slade. Because it's a real last name. That means I could have it too. Just like, oh wait, Slade Wilson. That's his first name. Yeah. Shit. I could do Slade Slade. You could do Wilson Slade. <laughs> I could. <laughs> I need to talk about something that I'm real fucking annoyed about right Uh-oh. now. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. I thought that Josh Hartnett's character's name was Evan... The whole goddamn movie. It is... As soon as I saw him. <laughs> Eben. Eben? Like Ebenezer, but shorter. <clears throat> it is Eben. I thought it was Eben, too. Also, I just want to point out that Danny Huston, his character <clears throat> gets a fucking name, but Ben Foster's character does not. He's just called The Stranger, which just is way stranger. fucking cooler. The Stranger's cool. That's a cool fucking like, name. all the goddamn vampires got names, but... The random dude that was traveling with them did not. But Danny Huston's name is Marlo. Yes. 
That's some weak sauce right there. At least call him Arvolo. Should have been like something from like ancient Byzantium. You know, like, well, I don't even know what those names are. But cooler like, than that, Steve. maybe he's not even that old. No, watch. Somebody will email us and go, excuse me, Marlo is an ancient Byzantium name. I would know. <laughs> Byzantine, I guess. <laughs> also, goddamn, Ben Foster put out some serious work for this. Like, he was giving it his all. I'm impressed. He did. As the stranger. The bucket that it would normally have on the front of a payloader like that. They needed something for her to wreck her car on instead of just wrecking her car. So, Josh Hartnett, uh, he has a pretty substantial pedigree. Yeah, he does. <clears throat> Lucky number 11, Sin City. Just pick a movie. He's been in it. Uh, Melissa George, she played Stella. Uh, she was Allison in A Lonely Place to Die, which I had mentioned to you. Yeah. What else has she been in? Uh, she was Jess in Triangle. Oh, was she now? <laughs> she was. Well, all right. That's all the further I'm going with her. So, She's lucky that Triangle wasn't the end of her career. Ben Foster played the stranger. He was Charlie Prince in 310 to Yuma. And another horror sci-fi movie that you guys should all check out. And gals. He played Bauer in a little movie called Pandorum. I have not seen that. Uh, Norman Reedus was also in it for about five minutes. (laughs) Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Mark Boone Jr. played Bo. He was also Reno in Ghost House. Yet another movie everybody should check out. It's not on Netflix anymore, so sorry. You have to... Get it somewhere else. Uh, he was um, the crooked detective in Batman Begins. And a lot of his roles, like, have in parentheses after his character as Mark Boone Jr. So he's that kind of actor. <laughs> <laughs> there was one part in Ghost House I really loved. This guy takes his gun and makes him drive him out to this place, wherever he met this, I don't know, some medicine woman. And as they're driving, they're like three hours into the drive, and he's sitting in the back seat, and he's like, would you put the gun down? You look ridiculous. You also had, um, of course, Manu Bennett, who played Slade Wilson in Arrow. I honestly don't know what else he's been in, because I don't really care. Because Slade Wilson's freaking awesome. And he did a pretty good job in that role. Better than pretty good. Uh, That's all I got. Okay. I didn't take notes for, like, the first half of the movie this time. Normally I stopped taking notes halfway through, but the dog was laying on my lap, and so I didn't take notes for a good chunk of the first part of the movie. I didn't take a buttload of notes, just because I liked the movie. Yeah, I had that problem, too. Professionals, again. My first note is, ah, Manu Bennett, you handsome devil. My first note was, the minute that I saw him, and the minute that I heard his voice, he's trying to hide his very distinct and, frankly, sexy accent. I wrote down on my paper, is that... Deathstrike? Deathstroke. And Which it turns out that I was right. Billy. The one that I turned to you and said, is that Deathstrike? And you were like, what? Stroke. It's Deathstroke. Strike. Stroke. Strike or stroke? I'm pretty stroke. sure it's stroke. It's Deathstroke. Yeah, so it starts off right with the stranger walking across the way, right? From an unidentified ship, I believe. <sighs> yeah. I didn't see the ship. Yeah, there's like a massive tanker out there. It's like, a, yeah, like an old freighter or something. And I feel like more people would have noticed but I guess it depends on how far he walked. It is Alaska. And... What are you saying about Alaska? I don't know what I had meant to say. <laughs> he somehow... Desolate? Surreptitiously stole all the cell phones from everybody in town. Yes. And burned them? All the satellite phones, yes. Because those yes. are the only ones that would have been able to make a call out, I guess. But... <laughs> that was probably the hardest thing he did. Yeah. <laughs> to be 100%. Well, I mean, managing to slaughter all of the dogs without getting Bit. mauled is or probably seen. a decent feat as well. Because, I mean, most people respond to the sound of a dog in mortal peril, crying and screaming for its life. Most people will respond. So multiple dogs over the course of 
five, ten minutes is going to attract some attention. Well, and not only that, but I don't think that the, that John was the only one that had sled dogs in the town because mm-hmm. somebody makes the comment later that they killed every sled dog in town, not yeah. just John's. So, like, this dude was walking around killing dogs for presumably hours. And stealing cell phones. Satellite phones. Stealing phones, yeah. So, that's the thing. There's a few times in this movie that was probably one of the earliest ones that I had. You have a town with what? Like, I think the sign says 500-some people, and it goes down to, like, 100 and... 563 to 152. That's right. Even 563 people. That's a lot, but that's not so many that you wouldn't know every single person in that town. Yeah. I guarantee it. A town that small, you would know. So, and I'm talking about everyone knows everyone, at least vaguely. Like, at least in passing, maybe you don't know their name. Maybe you want to forget them. I don't know. But, like, you know them. So... A random person walking around, especially, like, creeping into people's houses and stuff, is gonna get noticed in a town where everybody knows everybody. And he took them before a good chunk of the people left. Because yeah. he took them and burned them, and then the guys go back to town, and there's a bunch of people hugging and saying goodbye, and then they all drive off and go to the airport and leave. You would think he would have waited, yeah. So, did he steal them from everyone in town, or did he just sort of figure out who was leaving and then take them all? It was 2007, so I mean, cell phones and satellite phones were a big deal yeah. at that point. I don't know. I just... They also, while um, they're changing the population sign, they have that little exposition with the inhaler with hmm. Eben. I'm just going to call him Ebenezer for the rest of the, <laughs> the podcast. I'm so salty about that. Out of all the people that stayed, one indigenous person stayed. Are you talking about the electrical... Well, the guy that ran the grinder? Mm, the one who hits her? Yeah. No. no, not Malachi Carter, the guy that gets bit by the little girl eventually. Mm. He's Spoiler. like the only indigenous person that stays. Everybody else is white. Every single person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of a fair point. Sure. Bad casting. Yeah, apparently. really bad casting. I just, I feel like out of all the people that stayed, it would have been primarily indigenous people. I don't know how the town works. We didn't really get a whole lot of pre-30 Days of Night experience with this world and these characters, but I would be a little bit concerned about one of, presumably, one of only two ways of communication in the entire town getting completely wiped out. I would be more concerned about that. Like, they're like, man, it could be kids, and then someone says about it, and he's like, he seems concerned, and then he's like, but it would be a good way to fuck with your parents. Yeah, and they're like, haha, let's laugh it off. No big deal. But like... You're talking about, like, a couple grand worth of equipment getting stolen, burned. Yeah, maybe you can blame it on kids, but I feel like you would be a little bit more concerned about one of your only ways of communicating with the outside world getting removed. Mm-hmm. But, whatever. It's a movie. Okay. They need They need there to be some lighthearted laughing about it until we can get to more serious stuff later. They can't raise alarm bells yet. They think it's a prank, and then all the dogs get killed, and that's obviously not a prank. Right. And then... <laughs> Be a good prank. <laughs> somebody breaks a helicopter. Yeah, helicopter gets all smashed up. And they they stole it, that from the thing, though. They call it mm. vandalism, which, I mean, I guess technically it is. But, like, whenever you say vandalism, I'm thinking they went and tagged a building or, right. like, <laughs> broke a, a window or something. But, no, Not they disassembled a fucking <laughs> helicopter. Yeah, they take, like, out everything that it needs to crucially to run like you can't patch it together you can't fly short distances they take out everything that it needs to get off the ground then the internet goes down and then i'm wondering when the fuck are you going to start getting concerned yeah 
Well, I mean, all the fucking planes are already gone, so, I mean, that's... And I... then the phone lines go out shortly thereafter, too. Like, it's like... I would assume the phone lines are tied yeah. to the internet, but... Maybe. I, I guess not. Because they have, like, one central satellite station that I would assume has... Uh, that's how they disseminate and gain information from anywhere, really. I mean, I think it would be the only way of contacting. Apart from the satellite phones. That's apart from the satellite phones, which we've already... So we go through the list here, and, like, I feel like even a pretty poor detective would put together pretty quickly that they're trying to isolate this town. But it doesn't... Maybe he does, and he's not really letting on, but, like, he doesn't seem that freaked out. He has to be his own gaslighting husband. He can't. Yeah. I like that Eben and Jake's grandmother is a pot smoking hippie. Mm. <laughs> I really like that about her. I have a note about that then too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, the stranger walks into the diner and nobody's going to serve him because nobody knows who he is. Well, he asks for liquor and there's a ban on it. Well, and then he wants some raw hamburger. And then he wants raw hamburger. Yeah. She says the only way to get it is frozen or... Burned. Burned, yeah. And I was like... Huh. Okay. She's just kind of being rude to him, if you ask me. A little bit. So I mean, some raw hamburger. Uh, he's being a little fucking weird. It, I'm not saying that, but you know. <laughs> also, well, that give accent. Me what I want to eat. Yeah, that accent, what I like, want to drink. at one. At every moment was both cheesy and horrifying at the same time. Like, I kept being like, hey, that's really weird. But it's really creepy. But it's really weird. But it's really creepy. Like, it worked. I don't know. Like, it just, it, I guess it was meant to be just really weird and off-putting. And I don't yeah. know what he was going for. I didn't recognize it at all. But it was just weird. It sounds not dissimilar from Charlie Prince. Uh, I guess. But in Pandora, he played a relatively regular dude. A relatively regular. He didn't have black teeth. No. Well, that's going on. Mm-hmm. Carter, no. Was it Carter? I don't know. Somebody was... Oh, it was the girl. It was the annoying girl. Was at whatever that place was in the beginning. Like, I guess maybe it's their power plant or something? Utilidor. Utilidor, yes. And her friends get killed. And Gus gets killed. And it's where we first see our vampires. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't see them super close up right in the very beginning. But all I can think is that they're very intelligent but incredibly wasteful. They cut open a dude and drink from him for two seconds, and they're like, okay, I'm done with this one, and they toss it to the side. Like, yeah. Yeah. they could be getting a little bit more full on those bodies. They have 30 fucking days to, But they're like, arrogant fucking shits. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So... And they also, like, don't... They're like... And their heads are, like, vibrating yeah. back and forth, and I'm like, that's not... That you could just... Drink like a normal vampire. You don't gotta be all crazy about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also, why did uh, Stella have a gun? Because she's a fire marshal. Do they carry guns? They you know, actually... I, they might. They have a scene... In fucking Alaska. They have a scene like that in the movie, where he says, they let you carry guns now, and she says, I don't know, I never asked. And that's their exposition for it. I guess she just wants to be... Maybe she dated him long enough that he like rubbed off on her a little bit maybe his concerns or his you know wanting to feel safe not that guns necessarily make you safe but the other thing is too that it's fucking alaska like literally everybody and their mother has a fucking gun like (laughs) like who everybody has a (laughs) farmers (laughs) like who else farmers moms they all, all right. my, so <laughs> I'm going to go off on another tangent. This might get deleted, but one of my friends actually went to Alaska to be a teacher and they taught her how to fish and hunt because she has to catch and kill all of her own food. Literally everybody has a gun in Alaska. That's kind of dope, actually. That is like, pretty cool. <laughs> That's like part of your orientation is like, all right, now we're going to go to fishing class. So yeah, everybody there has guns, apparently. Yes, everybody has guns. And I said that's kind of dope. That is pretty dope. 
I mean, that's kind of cool that you can be taught. That's part of what you have to be taught to live there because you have to be self-sufficient to live there. It is kind of like a, it's a good term, crucible. It's kind of like a crucible. Like you don't just go there and expect to buy stuff at Walmart. You don't just go there and expect to have your house maintain itself or have a, you know, the landlord or the super come by and maintain it for you. Like you got to do <laughs> shit yourself. Yeah. And that's, that is pretty cool. Like a lot of tough people live there. I looked up whether or not fire marshals carry guns, and it's basically saying that they, it, it's very dependent on the area, but they may be a sworn in law enforcement official. They are usually experienced firefighters. They may carry weapons, wear a badge, wear a uniform, or plain clothes. So it just really depends on where you're at. I'm guessing that our little podunk town, probably they're not sworn in. I'm guessing that they're just somebody that's like an elected official or something, but. I would think so. I just imagine a fire marshal pulling up to the scene of a fire, which I guess they wouldn't technically do, but pulling out their gun and shooting at the fire. <laughs> like, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> this will fix it. <laughs> oh, it would be a perfect time to say freeze. <laughs> Having said that, fires are not funny things. They're not. And remember, oh. all fires start from one little spark. Oh my God. Just real quick, one of my notes here uh, was that the stranger killed enough dogs for 70 horror movies. <laughs> yeah, I knew so, that was going to be an issue yeah, for you. I don't want to see a dead dog in another horror movie for the next 70 episodes. <laughs> well, I guess we can't do the thing then. Or any other horror movie. <laughs> Literally any single one. Actually, you know what? Our last few haven't had dead dogs. No. Because I haven't had to complain about it for a couple of episodes. <laughs> there are many dogs in space. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Or in the catacombs, I guess. Apparently not. Except for Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> so they arrest Ben Foster and lock him up. And I don't know what Eben's looking for, but he opens a desk drawer and there's pot in it. Yeah. And like he's like, oh, that's Graham's, Grandma, or whatever. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it's mine. And they're like, why wasn't it in her desk? Why was it in his? Why would she stick it in Eben's desk? Not that he would care, but still. Like, yeah. Also, fuck off about board games. 36 minutes. Uh, oh, fuck oh yeah. board what games. What yeah. board game was he playing? Risk, I'm pretty sure. It looked like Risk. And they're all like, oh, don't play those kinds of games. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all high and mighty, like, I don't play those kinds of games. What do you play, Candyland? Yeah. He's a very serious person, and he didn't want children, so, I mean, he's obviously zero fun. Everyone I, says that. He did want children. Oh, he, no. was it he the one that I thought Stella didn't want children. No, Stella was like, good thing, like, you didn't want children then, because... Yeah, there were some times in this where their love exposition got a little forceful, and I, it kind of bothered me, and that was one of them, where she was like, I guess it's a good thing you didn't want kids, and it was like, really? Like, really? Can you get your jabs in here? You're gonna and put that in now? Lady. Like... Was that before or after the child vampire? I'm pretty sure it was before. Yeah. I think it was before. Because that's when, I think it was when the woman's walking through the street and they're using uh, their distraction. But, you know, he was, Evan was so broken up over what Billy did later on in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I thought he wanted kids. I mean. He, uh, I think he was just broken up about the fact that his, like, sweet, more sensitive younger brother had to deal with something so horrid that it was going to haunt him forever. No, Billy. Billy. Oh, Billy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry. We'll I was... get there eventually. We will. But, uh, I forget. I, I guess he, they go to go up to the, uh, what is it called? The Acrobore? No. Utilidor? The Utilidor. The Acrobore. And what is she, she argues with him. She's like, I want to go. With all this stuff happening, you and Billy and me, we're the only authorities. And I, in my head, I'm like, lady, you're not the authorities here. She's from Anchorage. Like, she, like she packed up and moved to Anchorage. Right. Like, can fire marshals make arrests and stuff? 
I, it depends on where you're at, apparently. Sometimes they're sworn in law enforcement. <laughs> okay. But, sworn in law enforcement. Yeah. Okay. I just... I doubt they are in Anchorage, Alaska, though. <laughs> I don't know. So Maybe do they are, but... Oh, we'll get a call from Anchorage going, listen, guys and gals. <laughs> if you are a fire marshal in Anchorage, Alaska... <laughs> or know someone who is. Especially the Anchorage, Alaska in the Fallout series. <laughs> fighting off communism. Before they went back to the diner, they you said they were at the, the Utilidor? I think they were going there, and then they stopped for some reason. Oh, and then the vampire jumps on the top of the truck. Yar. And... Then they head back because they hear Jake yelling over the yes. thing. Yeah. That's after. So he goes out and investigates uh, why the internet is. That was before he took What's Your Face with him. Yes. So he goes out to investigate why the internet's down. Again, kind of a weird fucking thing. And you should start kind of freaking out. But I guess that's kind of part of what he's doing is investigating why it went down. But they act like it's not a big deal. Like they're just like, oh, whatever. But he goes out to investigate and finds the um, the nice older gentleman who maintains their system their only it guy on the entire continent seems to have been murdered and then i guess just for funsies they stuck his head on a pike and he somehow doesn't see that when he's pulling up his headlights don't shine on the giant (laughs) blood spot on the ground or on the impaled head on the pike anyway so that's when he freaks out and comes back and that's when he knows something's going down and i like the slow burn of this movie like it's it's not all at once it's just kind of a slow creep and i like that and that's when uh i guess they're going to the utility order to see what's going on with the power shortly after that and that's when he says he saw something which he's not able to see that he's not able to see gus's remains when he pulls up the utility order, but he's able to see something on the faint horizon just after dusk in the middle of alaska which whatever so he's like oh, stop the car stop the car like i saw something and then they get out and she pulls out like a monocular or something and is able I think to it was just binoculars it might have been but i thought she was only looking oh, i guess you're right but it definitely looks like it's got like infrared or something because there's well she's the authorities so clearly she would have one she has that stuff you need it for looking at fires i like that's when the movie i feel like i don't care as much about stuff because i realize it just wants to be cool and it doesn't really want to be based in any kind of reality what i didn't like is the vampires gus walks out looking around for whatever's making noise mm-hmm and, like, a vampire flashes across the field of view. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Like, no killer would choose that moment <laughs> to go to across somebody's field of view. Yeah. Well, and they started circling him, too. Yeah. Why? Yeah, <laughs> for funsies. Know. You said they're arrogant bastards. Also, I just want to backtrack real quick. One of the things that Billy and Evan did whenever they were going around at the beginning of the night is they went and ticketed... What's his face? Beauregard. Bo's. Mm-hmm. Bo. And I thought that it was actually kind of nice, the whole, like, I give him a citation every once in a while to make him feel included. Right. Like, I just thought that was kind of cute. To remind like, him he's part of this town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really cute. But, so, they get back to the diner. Jake's alive and inside. They thought that he was gone. No, no, that's the police station. Okay, they went back to the police station and he starts talking to the stranger and asks mm. if they took his brother. Oh, sheriff's office. And... Um, the guy's like, they didn't take me. Yeah, he just yeah. doesn't give a clear answer because he's annoying. He's clearly and irate. He wanted to become a vampire. I guess that was his promised reward, even though they don't speak English. <laughs> and he doesn't speak whatever they speak, which turns out was a made-up language, by the way. Oh, good to know. It's I not ancient Sumerian. Hmm. Any other, anytime I hear a language I don't immediately recognize, I think it's ancient Sumerian. And people go, dude, that's French. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they went and talked to the guy in the station, and then they went to the diner. Yes. That's where Jake was, and everybody else was, and they all, like, kind of had a brief meeting about what to do. And Jake says that they took his grandmother and then makes a comment about them being vampires. And Stella, despite all the fucking evidence and all the bullshit that's going on, goes, Vampires don't exist, Jake. Fuck I'm the off. authorities, Jake. Vampires don't exist. Go back and play with your crayons, Jake. Uh, Wait a second. What? She said the fire chief wanted this shit checked out. Mm-hmm. What shit? She was going around checking the equipment in the fire stations. Mm-hmm. Her boss sent her to do that. Right. For she's not the authorities. She's technically a marshal. I mean, just because she's not the head marshal doesn't mean that she's not a fire marshal. Fine. I mean, would a deputy be the authorities? Like, a, a deputy sheriff is not the sheriff, but they're still a police officer. So I'm guessing that she is to her boss what Billy is to Eben. Yeah. I suppose, yes. Okay. Why the fuck are all the underling vampires all deformed and shit, but Marlo isn't? I mean... Like, I mean, his teeth are fucked up and his eyes are black, but Iris, she's the, the, like, lieutenant vampire. She was also very annoying. I mean, all the vampires were annoying. A little, yeah. Yeah, this, I, I I, I wrote that down. Um, Pig squealing? Screech, screech. I hate all the screeching. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not how you fucking communicate. Maybe it's how they communicate. That is horse shit. The only time. Vampires can ling. Linguicize. Linguish? Linguish. (laughs) Linguicize. (laughs) They can... Languish. No. Linguini. <laughs> Luigi. Linguist. Linguini, yes. Languish? Like, no. <laughs> mm. Communicate. They can communicate. They can use words in their <laughs> stupid made-up language. Yes. All this, he's like, kill them, and they're like, Wah! all the time. Oh, fucking horseshit. It's not even like a cool battle cry. Like The only time that I liked it was whenever she's looking through the binoculars and you hear that like high-pitched squeal and she's like, get back in the car. That's just because it reminded you of the forest. Mm, yeah, maybe video a game? little bit. Because yeah. you'd be walking around the forest and you hear like in the distance, Wah! I never played that game. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, back inside. Yeah, and if I'll I were, try again in 20 years. If I were looking through my binoculars and I said, get back in the fucking car in that game, you would totally fucking listen to me. <laughs> Because you'd know what was coming. But still, that was the only time it was useful. And, like, I guess he just wanted to freak him out. The vampire just wanted to freak him out. That's why he let them know he was coming by squealing like that. You and Kitty are one of the few peoples that I would actually do immediately whatever you said. Yeah. If either of you were like, duck, I wouldn't even think about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you there's a duck over there. <laughs> oh, never mind. It's a swan. Well, I made the smart move first. Now I can look at the swan. <laughs> yes. All of the underlings just seem like they seem like their faces are everything's too close together. Like they put prosthetics on them to make them look kind of weird. Yeah. Trying to make them look more predatory. Like sharks. They look a lot like sharks. A little bit. They kind of look like whenever um, Victor Crumb turns into a shark in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> A little bit. They look like sharks. <laughs> Never saw it. I'll show you just that scene later so you can sure. see. No, thank you. Oh, my God. But yes, but uh, there's do. there's one scene where they're all, like, screaming and squealing. And then, like, what did you say his name was? Marlo. And Marlo. then whoever his le- lieutenant Tyrus. is. The annoying girl. They're both murdering a couple together. And they're squealing at each other. And then he spins the record, which... It wouldn't fucking work no. like that. It doesn't. It wouldn't work no. like that. And you actually hear some music as it's like... And like and he, he puts his, his fingernail on it. Yeah. Also those coke nails on that guy. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but like he opens his mouth and I guess lets out a howl. And then they do this super cheesy, weird screech thing where like they cut to all the vampires. And like there's like... It's like flashing red. And like it just bothered the hell out of me. Like that scene I pissed me off. I mean, I remember them murdering the couple... 
there's just this really quick like and montage of all of them squealing i was a little bit perturbed about that too because he stabs the dude with like a fire, a fire poker. yeah a fire poker and yeah. i'm like why are you wasting food I don't understand why you're wasting food. You have this whole goddamn feast for the next 30 days and you're, like, wasting it. And there was so much blood outside. Yeah. Oh my god, there was so much. I mean, like, yeah, they wasted a shitload of food. I feel like they got, like, maybe 15% if worth that, of, by volume from each person that they attacked. And there's a lot of blood in people. That, yeah, like, like, it's just... Although that was probably one of my favorite scenes where it's just panning over the town and yeah. just they're all scattering and running and it's just the streets are turning red. I have two points about that. One, it's a long continuous shot, which means that every one of those people had their marks and every one of them had to hit their marks correctly or else the entire shot was ruined. Because it lasts for about, I want to say it's like a minute and a half to two minutes. I'm going to let you in a little something. Okay. I'm pretty sure most of that was computer animated. Well, the blood was. And the people running and taking shots. It wasn't, in fact. Prove it. I will. Not right now. Later on. once You, you know that for a fact. I don't. But I will go back and I will take a look. And <laughs> We I, will not talk about this next week because we will all forget to go and look. We will. <laughs> but what am so I... So I'm going to say that I'm right and we'll just leave I'm it that way. I'm also going to say that I'm right and we're both going to be right then. There was. I was just going through and editing one of our other episodes and there was a point where... Uh, Vic and I were arguing about something, and you were like, one of you is going to be wrong, and one of you is going to be angry, or one of you is going to be right, and one of you is going to be pissed, and I was like, I'm going to be the only one that remembers to go back and check, and I'm not telling anybody if I'm wrong, and I never went back and checked. (laughs) But one of the things I love about this movie, and one of the reasons why it's going to look good forever is, and I know a lot of people are annoyed with me because I go on and on about this, but... Because of the their heavy use of practical effects, which is one of the reasons why movies like The Thing and Aliens is going to look good for fucking ever. Because everything that you see is on screen with the actors. Dude. Very little of it is actually animated. In 30 Days of Night? Yeah. Bullshit. You think so? A lot of that was animated. Okay. I mean, like, the part where, like, that trencher's digging up vampires and stuff, some of that wasn't. But, like, when they're showing vampires getting, like, their heads blown off. Yeah, I'm not saying it was all practical effects. I'm saying that, when possible, they were using practical effects. Okay. Okay. We will we will right. agree to disagree. So, they'd move to the attic, eventually. Yeah, they eventually get to the attic. After their car gets fucking flipped over. And that's when, uh... Mark Boone... Yeah, Bo comes out with his plow of judgment and runs them all asunder. All right, so I can't prove whether or not they are practical or they are um, computer animated effects. I will go back and watch them. I am willing to admit perhaps I just wasn't paying enough attention. But if they are animated, they're fairly well done. Um, David Slade, if you're listening to this, please write in and let us know. Yeah. Hit us up. Houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Yeah. But Slade, I'm arguing that over the over the aerial view of the town when people are trying to fight off the vampires I'm going to argue most of that's CGI alright okay I will try and watch it again and see if I can pick up on it I'm fully willing to admit that I might be wrong um but one thing that I wanted to say was that I actually really like some of the decisions they make there are things about this movie that kind of bother me and, and we'll get into it but one of them that I really appreciated was the fact that there are multiple times that Stella says I'm going with you to <laughs> yeah that was like a big thing i'm Evan. going with you yeah and i'm going with you instead of him being like no like you need to stay here i need to protect you like the typical like chauvinistic guy thing like she's just another body like she has every 
every bit as much right to that be out there. That was probably the most chauvinist thing you could have said. <laughs> what? She's just another body. She's just like it is. <laughs> like she's no different than anybody else. Like she's she's just as. He's actually more protective of his little brother than he is of her. Yeah, he she's just as capable as he is. He trusts her, I guess, and like he doesn't say no. He doesn't say like you have to stay here or like you know you need to live or whatever. Like he respects her enough to let her go with him multiple times, despite the fact that she's in danger, and he tries to protect her, but like. He doesn't stop her. Yeah. And I appreciated that. So they, they went to the attic. Mm-hmm. They're in the attic. They're in the long. attic. And here's where time gets a little weird. Yeah. Because okay. I know it's hard to tell because it's 30 days of night, but like Josh Hartnett was clean shaven in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then without any indication of how much time has passed, he has a beard. It does pop up on the bottom of the screen it does. and say day seven, day 18, day 22. It does give you a timeline. Eventually. But I thought at that point when I noticed his beard, I'm like, wait. I thought it I thought said, it was still that first day. Like I thought it's a day thirteen or something like that. Maybe the, day eighteen. The first pop up that they did was day seven, and that was yeah. while they were still in the attic. I thought those only were in the diner originally because I thought they spent a couple of days in there. They weren't I, I in guess, the diner very long. I don't think. I guess no. not. But they're in the attic for a while, and I, I maybe you're right. They don't give great indication for it, but they stayed in the attic for more than half of the movie. Yeah, I think day eighteen was the day they tried to leave the yeah. attic. They're in there for a while, but I agree with you that time works a little weird because there's that point where they hear someone yelling and they look outside and there's a girl yelling like, "Please help me! Somebody save me!" And obviously, we all know that it's a trick. Like it's it's gonna be a trick, and I think that. Any of them being dumb enough to think that it's anything else is kind of telling of how stupid they wanted us to think these characters were. But there's somebody who's like, we got to get her in here before like they figure out where she is. And then, of course, of course, it's Stella. Eben. Oh. No, it's Eben who's like, no, look at the rooftops behind oh, her. And like yeah, you yeah. can see them right, crawling right. on the rooftops. And it's a creepy shot. But like, did they really think that her walking through the town going, help, like, wasn't anything other than them letting her go in the hopes that they would draw people out but she seemed like she was still alive were they keeping her alive did they just find like a few people who were hiding out in the house and then decide to leave one of them alive to flesh out more people we don't know but she doesn't seem like she's in like who told her to do that i i don't know like, <laughs> they did, don't speak english did no. they just let her out and they just hope that she would do that like one of my frustrations with the whole attic situation is that they have lights on in there. They do. And they keep lifting up the paper on the window. And there's also gaps in the paper on the window. Yes. And that frustrates the shit out of me because I don't, like, they don't really tell you one way or the other if these vampires have any heightened... Yeah, they do. They have heightened sense of smell. Oh. I would have thought... Vampires can hear heartbeats. He well, says, I can smell actually, your blood. He actually says that, yeah, at the very end of the movie, whenever he, he's like, I can smell your blood. But I, they don't ever say if they can hear heartbeats. They don't say if they have improved vision or anything like that. I'm sure that their vision is superior compared to humans in darkness. But I would think that they would pick up on, like, a little flash of light very easily. And if they're consistently looking out that window, like, it's gonna alert them to something yes but that's i think my biggest issue with this movie is the lack of consistency and it bothers the hell out of me when you set rules for your creatures yes (laughs) lucy yes that's going to be a consistent rule or a consistent term for me for now and i I thank you for making that the loc LOC is a problem for me because (laughs) here's the thing if you say here's this monster it's super fast 
It's super strong. It's got really great hearing. And they don't say it earlier in the movie. They say it at the end. So maybe that's forgivable. But it kind of retroactively goes back and makes you wonder. So they also have super sense of smell. That alone should have allowed them to kill the main characters at least three times each. Yeah. Because they're super strong. Yet uh, they're able to grapple with them one-on-one. They're they're strong enough that like two or three of them is able to lift a freaking car. But yet they can manhandle one of them with just two people or even one person struggling with them at one point. Like they're super fast until the writers need them not to be to run around the outside of a house to get to Eben before he gets, you know, out of wherever he's going. Like there are multiple times, like they have super, super human hearing, except for when Stella's underneath that vehicle, like 10 feet from them whispering on a walkie talkie and they are not able to hear her. There's a bunch of glaring inconsistencies with their, like their abilities and their powers that bother me. Like if you have rules for your creatures, They either need to be consistent throughout the movie where they're handicapped to make it easier for your characters, or they need to be consistently terrifying and and over the top the whole way through the movie. I was willing to get past it because I do like this movie, but overall, when you start really thinking about it, yeah, there's some pretty serious inconsistencies and plot holes. Michelle and Alyssa at Madhouse Designs offer a selection of adorable masks, keychains, and tumblers. Their designs are so cute and cover a range of different themes, including The Little Mermaid and Hocus Pocus. The best part? Most of them are customizable. Check out their shop at etsy.com slash shop slash madhouse design store to see what they have to offer. So they have the girl walking down the street. Yeah. And Eben goes out to investigate, I guess. I guess maybe he was going to try and get her back. I don't really know what his whole purpose was there. No. No, he doesn't go out in the street for that. Yeah, he does because that's when he stumbles upon John Reese. Because he's dealing with the whole John Reese situation while they're circling this other chick, like, down the road. Those were happening simultaneously. Like, he's on his way to help her and gets distracted by John Reese being underneath the trailer. I thought that was when the old man goes out. Because I'm pretty sure they just stand there and watch. I think it was. Because they know what's going to happen. And they just let her get to the end of the road. And they all circle her and slowly, again, very wastefully all take turns making minor cuts on her body. And then eventually when she falls over, then that's when they eat her. I thought it was after he goes outside and they're trying to find him. The uh, Wilson. Yeah. Wilson! Wilson! <laughs> He's not a volleyball. He's actually... He might as well be. Yeah. He might as well be. He would have been more useful if he were a volleyball. <laughs> yeah, demented so... old man. Okay. I don't want to make light of dementia. It's horrid. I have dealt with it firsthand. It's terrifying. And I don't make jokes about it because I think that it's funny. I just, in this instance, I just, <laughs> he would have been a better suited as a volleyball. Well, I think that Wilson was the son. I think. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the father. Because, like, throughout the movie, like, it adds for a lot of tension. Because they're trying to hide in the attic and he's waking up and he's like, get your bags. We're going. Like, we're leaving. Like, get your mother. Like, mom's been dead for years, dad. Like, I don't care. Like, we're going outside. Like, I'm walking to, where did he say he was going to? Anchorage or something? Wainwright, like, I think. That's right. Yeah. Good memory. Jesus. I was like, well, I'm walking to Wainwright. I was like, okay, dad. Like, so determined, in fact, that he climbs out the freaking window. Yeah, in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, man. Yeah, so they go out to find them. and Yeah. Before that, he wakes up in the middle of the night and he goes out. No, because... He went out by himself. Eben went out by himself because he came back in and he was, like, having an asthma attack. They took him upstairs and he, like, passed out for a while. And that's why Stella was the one that went downstairs whenever the old man went outside. I guess you're right. Man, we're really bad at keeping track of movies. But you're right. Like, he's passed out after coming back and axing that guy to death. 
He asked him a question. Oh my god, I'm so sorry that I made that joke. Oh my god. I hate that fucking joke. I'm sorry. It was a gut. Anyway. It was a knee-jerk reaction. But anyway, so he murders him with he an axe. He became a dad and he just can't help it anymore. He murders him fatally. Yes. With an axe. Yes. And then comes back and he's having an, an asthma attack and they're all like, what happened? And he says what's going on. And then he's passed out in the attic and that's when the, the dad goes to run away. So I guess he does just go out to scout out what's going on with the girl she's dying but he's po'd in the a i really <laughs> i really thought that they just watched her die yeah. now from... they were going to i thought they were going to but then yeah he went out to check out the situation that's he gets distracted by john reese and hmm. we had a little bit of a conversation about it before about one of the things that marlo says to the rest of the vampires is that he's not so they're not supposed to turn anybody yes and he obviously got turned and I apparently missed the scene where he killed the vampire that bit him. He, we, I don't think there was one. Don't. I, I inferred that. Oh, okay. Because what happens is, I think they're one of the first couples that we see get attacked. Because she's... It's his dogs that get killed. Yes. And there's a point where... He's sitting there with the gun. Cane. Exactly. Yes. So someone gets thrown <laughs> through their window as they're... He's just sick about his dogs. And she's really not. She's kind of like... I don't know if she's just annoyed with him. But she's like, at least come and have dinner. And like, they're having this like weird lovers quarrel i guess and like she seems really insensitive to the fact that like he's just lost presumably like something that's pretty important to him like living creatures then someone gets i think it's maybe the vampire jumps through the window but i thought someone got thrown through their window but anyway basically his wife gets pulled out and there's a horrific scene and he goes running out to try to save her and she gets pulled out like underneath the the trailer and it's almost like that scene in jaws where she like gets pulled under and then comes out a couple of times and like it's really horrible and lasts yeah. a long time and he goes in after her to try to save her and presu- what I'm presuming happened is that he goes in with a gun and maybe he luckily hits it in the head after it murders his wife and then attacks him. And that's why he got turned. Like, he stopped okay. it from killing him. That's my assumption, but there is no evidence of that whatsoever. I'm we just... also don't know how the vampires turn. We don't know if they need to be bitten. We don't... Well, okay, we no, do. that's not true. We do because Carter... We see it twice. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Ignore that. I'm an idiot. Um, we don't so, know about this thing that's proven twice in the movie. <laughs> we don't know if those are the only ways, though. I mean... We know that there's another way. Just blood to blood contact. Blood to blood contact. Blunderbuss contact. Blunderbuss. So maybe he had a sword in his mouth and he shot the vampire and blood got in his mouth. Well. <laughs> we're s- scraping the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> so, to move it along. Yes. Well, Evan, Eben... Eben. Eben Ebenson's. Their, their plan is to go to the hardware store, I guess, or well, whatever. Yeah. Or like the general store. After it, it blizzards. And douchebag Doug is up there like trying to... During the blizzard. They want to go during yes. the blizzard. Not after. During. Yeah, because whatever. they need cover and they after know they won't it make starts. it. Because he gives his little speech about, like, we know this area. Like, we have the advantage. Which they don't. Um, <laughs> you have no advantages. <laughs> But uh, douchebag Doug just wants to like leave everybody to fend for themselves, and he's kind of he's he's running under that that as that not the assumption, but that frame of mind of like you don't have to outrun the bear, you just have to outrun your friend. As long as everybody else is slower than him, then they're going to be the ones that get eaten by vampires because he's a dickhead. Which I guess panic is making him stupid, but at that point there was what six of them, yeah, and they know that there's at least twenty vampires. Yeah, (laughs) you. Your logic's really flawed there, man. I also really 
really want to know, like, I want a backstory on the vampires. Like, I want to know why the fuck Marlo didn't want any of them getting turned. Is it just, like, a, a food supply issue? Is it the yeah. more of them there are, the harder it is to keep secret? Why like, would you make more vampires? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. If they have a group that they like, they're not that narcissistic. They clearly like lording their ability over people and or promising people that they will turn them just so they can murder them later. Yeah, I guess. And they clearly try to keep their existence a secret. Although, yeah. what was their plan? Were they just going to go back in the ship and just wait for someone else to happen along and then convince them to help them and hope that they were a big enough wannabe vampire groupie that they would sneak into a town, murder dogs, steal yeah. cell phones? Like, why did they kill their hunting dog there? Well, he probably wouldn't wasn't going to do that again without getting his reward. I guess, yeah. That's but still, like, I don't know what they're... Like, shouldn't they have tried to keep someone alive? Like, take Anybody one person with them? Yeah. Like, moving right along, they go to the hardware store and try to get up on some supplies. Real quick, Wilson and his dad leave and get murdered while that whole thing is going on the vampire that you didn't like whose name i already can't remember andrew stellan yeah he comes into the the house and he's like yeah and like (laughs) sniffing the air and like being all twitchy and it was equal parts annoying and creepy the entire time all i could think was i can't imagine having to act that out and maybe that's why I'm not an actor. Yeah. I can't imagine being given that directive and being like, yeah, okay. <laughs> twitch, 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 twitch. Like, I can't, I don't know. I can't yeah. imagine doing it. But Also, we don't see Wilson's dad die. No, but that vampire, the bald one, he comes in and he's completely covered in fresh blood. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, we're to assume that he got killed by to him. To infer that he killed him. Yes. Okay. Killed him killed him dead so anyway they go to the hardware store i don't know that it was i think it was a general store because there were like snacks and stuff too yeah and medicine and yeah shit. can't it be all those things the medicine general hardware store <laughs> the general medicine hardware store <laughs> the gmhs yes yes we're and coming up with just acronyms for everything that's, that's our thing ebner gives out some quick commands ebner i'm gonna call him something different every time <laughs> abner abnormality ebner weezer Gives out a couple of different commands. He's like, you do this. You go get this. You get batteries. You get these things. You get radios. And they all go to do their jobs and somehow are like 30 or 45 seconds into gathering shit before they realize that they're not the only ones in that place. They don't really do a very thorough search first either. And they do a Night of the Living Dead scene. And the little girl... Speaks perfect English. She does. She does. Maybe she was the one that directed that girl to go out into the street. Maybe. Maybe. She is eating somebody who is super fucking unlucky because they managed to stay alive right until people who could have saved her walked in. Presumably. Yeah. But we have no way of knowing what amount of time has passed since events because there are things that I feel should, I don't know, like there's blood in the streets should be frozen that isn't because I'm assuming that like Alaska is pretty fucking cold during this time of year, the time of year that this movie takes place, I mean. And it doesn't really seem like it. Like, there are points where you see people crying and there's tears in their face. And you're like, that should freeze pretty much instantly, I would think. There's no sunlight. There's winds. It's frigid. I would think that, like, your tears would freeze before they got to your chin. Maybe. But, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. I'm just nitpicking. But, yeah. Your nitpickery. My nitpickery. I'm just just going off of the assumption that this is, like, other vampire lore where old blood makes vampires sick i don't know dead sure man's blood. dead man's blood that is a, a fun one yeah so they got the little girl and i feel like they they intimate that they don't 
know her and that she's part of the vampire crew because they're all like, did you recognize her? And everyone's like, no, no, no. Like, it does seem like that. They're all saying they don't recognize her. And like I said, like you... It sucks when you get bitten when you're a kid because you stay a kid forever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Could you imagine being an awkward fucking kid forever? 300 years old. Interview with a vampire kid's body. shit going on. Like, I mean... Yeah. Oh my god. Could you imagine getting bit right in the height of puberty when you're super <laughs> fucking awkward and weird and confused about everything and your body's like constantly in flux? I just well, imagine them being like that kid from the Umbrella Academy. Jake, Evan's little brother, ends up murdering that little girl and is super broken up about it. Can you murder a vampire? Technically not. They he are dead. makes deceased that little girl. <laughs> by way of axe he stops her forward momentum he does mm-hmm. he arrests her development permanently <laughs> with an axe it was already arrested that's why she was still a little girl <laughs> <laughs> so that brings me to another point about the characters I actually kind of liked was that they're not all like stoic bad or stoic tough guys like Jake is clearly played out to be kind of a sensitive kid and like he's pretty easily manipulated because he does wear his emotions on his sleeve but um eben is that tough guy like he's that he's the the kind of gruff and sort of mysterious sheriff type but he's also kind of sensitive like he does shit and then he's broken up about it and i like that like it's not a a typical senseless emotionless tough guy i don't want to say senseless but like the tough guy who you know he's got to get the job done and like nothing really affects him and he's focused like he actually gets broken up about shit but yeah no i agree and i mean stella's also kind of that way like she is kind of stoic i think Bo is the most stoic and badass out of all of them yeah had Bo Bo joined them yeah because he'd been in the attic with them and he tried to he kept trying to be a hero like every time Mm. he turned around he was trying to be a hero and it was kind of sweet. And and the, that was the thing that got him to stay there. Yes. Was that Stella said that they needed him. Yes, and we need you. That was really sweet. And I liked that character dynamic. They're still in the general store. Is that when... Or did they go to the station? Whenever they... Carter confesses that he had been bitten. Because Carter tries to, to be a diversion a couple of times. And I think it's because he realizes that, like, he's fucked. And... They were at the police station when that happened. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. He tried to be a diversion to get to the police station, and instead, Eben did. Yes. And he went to his grandmother's house. To get the pot lights. To get the pot lights. Yeah. The pot lights. And then we get to see... Yes, the pot lights. Screamy lieutenant girl. Iris. Scream more, and then get screamed at, and then stop for some reason and get screamed at to go inside. <laughs> she go, She opens the door, and she gets burned. Yeah, she gets blasted the fuck out by and UVs. And I wrote... Oh, what's wrong, vampires? Did one of you get hurt? <laughs> you deserve whatever you get. <laughs> and then, shortly thereafter, what'd you say his name was? Molo? Uh, Marlo. Marlo. Molo. Has the weirdest fucking line. He says, things that break should be broken. And I'm guessing what we're supposed to infer from that is that if you're weak enough to get hurt, then you should die. And then he kills her. Maybe I'm off the mark, but that's what I'm getting, which just makes him kind of fucking cold because he seems broken up about it. Like he's like, like seems sad and and like he's hovering over her and like seems concerned. And then he's like, you know what? You got hurt. So tough luck. And then just murders her again, stops her from undead life. So while they were in the general stores, actually, when it hit the 18 day mark, Mm. because I wrote 
more than halfway through the month and they've killed two vampires. Two vampires. They're more than halfway through the movie and they've killed two vampires. And one of them was one that got turned after they came to town. It was John Well, in the scene where they're trying to fight in the beginning, I think they killed more. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, I think one got their head blown off, which I guess killed. I wanted to ask you guys about that. Does that make sense? Like, does them just completely obliterating their head, is that counting? Like, does that (sighs) count towards the beheading thing? The general lore for vampires is that you have to sever the brain from the rest of the body. And if you blow off their head, like, most of their head, then that counts. Okay. Then, they yeah, Um, they, they... each one of them has probably killed at least one or two then because okay. a couple times they get some good headshots as they're like wheeling and dealing through okay. the town by way of their four by four. There were two noticeable ones that like I saw anyway. Yeah. So do do do. They're in the station. Carter admits that he's been bitten. And I feel Well, like... hold on. You skipped a pretty important part there. Oh. If you're going scene by scene, Evan is stuck at the house then because he rightfully assumes and I don't know what the fuck he expected to have happen. Like, they were all going to rush him, I guess, maybe. But then I actually kind of like that scene where she's like, did it work? And he's like, yeah, it worked. But they're about to cut off the power. And then they do. And then he's just like, fuck. And, like, gets up and runs. Because, like, now he's fucked. Like, I don't know what his plan was. Uh, and then Was he, it also... When When does he get to... See the Muffin Man? Manu Bennett. That's after. Okay. That's Is that after the Mark Boone part? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because they are... So he's... I just watched this yesterday. I know. Yeah, it's it's way... That's way towards the end. So he goes running out of... And that's, that's the part where I said, like, this is one of those times where the writers are like, shit, we made them super fast. I guess we're just not going to mention that right now whenever we need them not to be super fast. Because he goes running out the back of the building instead of the front where the vampires are. And he would think and they would be smart enough And that saves to. him <laughs> because he doesn't run out the direction the vampires are. <laughs> and he's able to go out and I guess hide from them? long enough for Bo to go and get into the trencher and grab some supplies and then go out with a bang to... He should have waited until there were... Like, there were, like, two vampires in the building whenever he blew himself up. He should have waited until there were more inside. It didn't even kill him. Yeah. It didn't even kill him. I don't even know if it killed any vampires. It might have killed one. It looks like he lit, like, four or five of them on fire. Yeah, which I don't know if that really matters to them or not. I don't know if... Like, does fire provide enough heat to do anything? You guys should read I Am Legend. So we should read it. Okay. Yes. It's Can a I just book. watch the movie instead? <laughs> From like the 1950s. Can I just watch the movie instead? Sorry. That was no. a really pretentious thing to say. It's not even remotely the same thing. He's fighting vampires in I Am Legend. Oh, the, the actual vampires? Yes. You need to read the book by Richard Matheson, I Am Legend. Well, I mean, it has yes. nothing to do with the Will Smith movie. Nothing. Okay. Uh... But am I right in assuming that if you blow up what like five, six sticks of dynamite, Those you were should flares? They were all just flares. I believe they were all flares. No, they weren't. Then what made the they explosion? They were not. They, they were, were too. fucking not. Okay, then what what made the explosion then? I don't what, know. What set on fire? Flares. <laughs> flares don't explode like that. I don't know what they do. Have you ever dropped a flare into a box of more flares? Yes. Never. Yes. When? I've done it multiple times. <laughs> or not because it sounds like something that you and Ben would have done. I have done it. Okay. Yes. A, that's a waste of good flares and B. And I'll tell you what happens. They all just light on fire. And then you have multiple flares burning at once. Make sure it sounds And they make a big bright instead of a little bright. All he, right. He gets back to the station and that's when the Carter thing happens and 
he makes a comment, something to the effect of, like, he told us what he is or something like that to Jake, because Jake, like, tries to convince him to not kill Carter. He told us what he wants, I think is what he says. Oh, okay, okay. Because he has, actually, a pretty fucked up thought is that he wants to die because he believes he's going to be reunited with his family. And then he says, I've been waiting to die, but I couldn't bring myself, I couldn't convinced like i couldn't bring myself to kill myself like i I commit suicide and i get that like that's horrifying and i believe in there's quite a few religions that say that suicide is uh, a sin and you are like it's a damnable offense so he wouldn't see his family anyway so i get it and then the thought that he's going to live forever and never be able to see his family and not have this little tiny sliver of hope that he had like it taken away like that's awful so i actually really kind of appreciated that um little tidbit there yeah that was a nice little but it seemed it didn't really serve to do anything for the movie other than that like Like, it was a nice thought but like what was the point otherwise they honestly should have done that and i guess i don't know whatever but they should have done that and let him be a hero in my opinion like, then they, they would have ended up with Bo and having him die in a different way, I guess. But like, and I've never read the comics, um, so maybe that comes straight out of the comics. And if it does, I apologize. Clearly, we're not great about source material, as you just heard. Whether we cut that out or not, I don't know. But maybe you didn't hear it. If so, sorry. <laughs> but we're not the best about source material. Uh, so if that is from the comics, then, you know, you know better than we do. But I just, I liked it. I just felt that it really didn't serve to do much for the movie no, unfortunately not at all but um and the very last note that i took is just after the house so i'm hoping that i didn't miss anything in between but the very very last note that i took is three days till sunrise hmm. <laughs> and didn't write anything after or before that so i have no idea what the fuck's going on yeah while they're at the police station billy starts morse coding them using a flashlight yep and Stella and Evan, Eben, Eben, Ebenezer, Eben. go over to the house, Billy's house, and go inside. And he's a shaggy ass mess. He has killed his wife and daughters. Yeah. Not because they were about to be turned, not for any reason other than the fact that he didn't want them to die a horrible death. And so he made them die a horrible death. Less horrible. But yes, he did still kill them. He murdered them fatally. All of them. Yes. All three of them. And that's when we see Jake... Jake? No, the other one. The other brother. Mother? Father fuck, I meant. That is a fucking box of road flares. There you go. So they're just road that's flares. all that's in the box. Um, you see the caps? They're just flares. Don't package dynamite like that. I rescind my statement. I've seen dynamite like that in movies before. I'm not saying that that's how it's packaged, but I've not seen with fucking it. plastic caps on the ends. No, well, no, but <laughs> in like in, in a crate like that. Well, yes, but okay. Well, if that had been a box, it. that's stupid. If there had been even like three sticks of dynamite in that box, it would have taken the whole tote. The whole hotel would have been gone. Well, yeah, but and that's why I was annoyed. So, like, I don't understand. Okay. Flares don't explode like that. Admit to me, or like, explain to me what made it all happen like what made the fire i mean if all the flares went off at once there might be like a little poof yeah but not enough like <laughs> no it was a dumb idea like to try okay. to blow himself up with a box of flares i just think it i don't know maybe there's a gas can we missed or something but it just seems... i mean that's quite a large thing a plume a cloud box of road flares. <laughs> all right well we'll do it sometime although um, in the pendergast books i'm reading they colloquially called the Chunk Boy. 
Okay. He's the guy that has to carry the bag of these very powerful flares. Like 500 or half a million like candle power flares. Okay. Because one stray bullet can set them off. Okay. And if it does, you're the chunk boy. Okay. So, but maybe... it's also in a fictional book I'm reading. <laughs> now, to be fair, the flares that I had were older. And that's why I had them. So, maybe mine weren't as effective or as maybe explosive they as they could have been. Just went... Maybe. So, we'll do it. At some point, just for the stream, or for the, for the podcast, we'll do a, a real quick video. We'll buy a box of flares... We'll take all the necessary safety precautions. I am not wasting a box full of road flares. <laughs> they are valuable to me. I don't know why, but I like them. So. We'll They're nice to have. We'll buy two boxes and you can have the other box. Thank you. <laughs> all right. I prefer For to have science. both boxes, though. <laughs> For science. Hey, listeners, anybody of you feel particularly uh, philanthropic, yes. send us a few boxes of road flares, would you? Please do. I'll get us a P.O. box. I'm sure one of you works at like a freaking chemical factory that makes these things for like a dime each. Yeah. Just send us a box. Two, two, three, two boxes. Three. Three boxes. Three boxes minimum, please. Four. <laughs> Make it an even dozen if we're going there. <laughs> Baker's dozen. Twenty dozens. <laughs> you imagine? Don't send us 20 dozen boxes of road flares. We have nowhere to put them. Fucking tractor trailer pulls up outside. <laughs> we have to rent part of a warehouse. <laughs> Local store. And then we're going to have to start selling them, and then we're going to open up a successful flare business. You know Pounds what? of horror road flares. <laughs> we got them for free. So. We'll just we'll get a stamp of a dog and just yes. stamp them all with dogs. Let us give you some flare. I'll just sit there and draw on them one at a time a picture of a dog with oh, a Sharpie. Jesus Christ. Okay, you say that now, but... I say things like that, and then I end up making hand-making invitations to birthday parties. And get mad at God, I feel like for a while we were getting really good about being succinct and on topic, and then we just fucking got <laughs> fucked at some point. This podcast started out really good, and <laughs> now we just have no idea what's going on. You mean tonight's or, like, overall? <laughs> overall and tonight. Okay. And also my life, so. Okay. It started out really great. <laughs> Did it though? A lot of peaks and valleys for me, personally. Anywho, so yeah, Eben gets back to where they're all hanging out, and then they decide to make a mad dash for the Attila door. MD to the UD. Thank you. And <laughs> while they're making this mad dash, while they're making the mad dash, there's some, there's a lot of repeating repeating events in this movie, and random women walking down the streets covered in blood is one of them they see a little girl oh yeah the little girl and they're like oh Just, i bet this isn't the I'm same sorry. thing that happened earlier pause i thought that was a boy it's a little girl it's a little girl i'm almost positive i need it's a to go back and watch i thought that it was Just a little go to boy. imdb i'm sure she's credited they see a little person <laughs> no <and> no <laughs> they see a young person <laughs> of indeterminate gender apparently and instead of thinking, maybe it's the exact same thing that we saw earlier in the exact same situation, or potentially maybe this is someone who's been infected, they think, oh, we better save them without doing any fucking reconnaissance whatsoever. Like looking at her teeth. Or anything. She just goes, come here, like, I'll help you. And then they pull this little girl aside, and then they get split up, and... They all go back to Utilidor, but then she's not there because they got split up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and then... Manu Bennett makes his limpy way there. Yeah, what's wrong with him? 
He's just fucked up from killing his family, I think. And, like, I guess exposure. And spending 18 days Cause like, how are they in the keeping, house with his dead family. How are they keeping warm? They don't have any heaters going, so, like... I don't know. That's I just mean, w- a lot of those houses probably have propane. Yeah. All right, let's, we're, this movie doesn't want us to talk about that kind of stuff. It just doesn't care. And we probably shouldn't care, because that's asking too much. Although, if it's below negative 44 degrees Fahrenheit... Was it Cali? work so well. Sorry. Callie sounds right. Because I think they recognize her. Don't they say it's someone such a girl? Yeah, they knew that little girl. <laughs> if you're a business owner, you know how hard it can be to market yourself and increase sales. And who really has time for all of that with all the other responsibilities that come with running a business? Katie's one-on-one services are available to help you reach your goals. She offers branding, marketing, and sales strategies for all types of businesses. Maybe you're looking to grow your social media following or get a new website designed. Katie can do that and more. Go to katiemorell.com slash one-on-one to schedule your consultation today. That's C-A-I-T-Y-M-O-R-R-E-L-L dot com slash O-N-E-O-N-O-N-E to schedule your consultation. Um, I, okay, so legit, I don't know if it's just my hearing is bad or what, but I thought they were calling... The dog is snoring. I thought they were calling the kid Kale. And I thought that it was a boy, and I thought Kale. that his name was Kale, and I thought Kale. that he just had some hippie parents. Where's your sister so... Cabbage? <laughs> Iceberg lettuce, where are you? <laughs> so naturally, they follow Billy to the Utilidor, and they get inside to where they have the Muffin Maker. Yeah, why do they call it the Muffin Maker? I have maker? no fucking clue. I thought you were about to say the Muffin Man, and I was like, what? Basically, it would make just as much this. sense. It's a giant machine that grinds everything up into a paste. Literally. like. It, I wonder if because, like, if you put certain things into it, it squishes the bottom first and makes the top puff out like a muffin top. Sure. That sounds as good as anything else. We've all wondered sure. what would happen if you jumped in there. And the answer is... <laughs> you get ground up into hamburger Almost meat. immediately. Apparently, like, so instantaneously, you can barely see it. Yeah, so a Vampire makes it in, and they're fighting it, and uh-huh. Manu Bennett has a moment of clarity, and he tackles the vampire into the muffin maker. Yes. And in the process, gets his hand muffined off. Yes. Muffined. <laughs> it's quite muffined. <laughs> and starts screaming, but it's pretty clear he's screaming more and more like a vampire. Yeah. So he gets axed. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's when they get the response back from Stella, who's all like, I'm under this car, and they're um, spilling oil in the streets. That was another thing I wanted to ask you specifically, Max, because yes. I feel like you would understand this. Would that be crude oil that they're spilling out of there? I do believe that's crude. Would crude oil just light on fire like that? It has it's a quite flash flammable. Point. It has a flash point of 140 degrees, and the 140 degrees has to be maintained in order for all of it to burn. So... No, it would not light on fire from a single match. Well, a match is hotter than 140 degrees. 140? Okay. Well, by a lot. (laughs) A match is probably like 700 or 800 degrees on its tip. Yes, but I'm thinking more like throwing it, whatever. Uh, Again, like, listen, throwing it through the air to light something on fire. Crude oil has everything in it it's got gasoline, gasoline, diesel, jet fuel, propane, plastics. Natural gas. Yeah, all plastics, fucking tar, asphalt, all that shit comes from crude. Unicorns. Unicorns. Wizards. <laughs> uh, Those packages of bologna at Walmart. Yeah, absolutely. Spam, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Once everything else is taken out, spam's left. I just saw a commercial for spam, making it look like this couple was having a really romantic meal. 
cooking spam. Cooking spam. I like spam, but I wouldn't make that for a romantic dinner. I'm pretty sure you can use spam as a candle if you're <laughs> in really dire straits. So maybe let's not make it seem like it's romantic. I think so. Anyway, all right. So I I don't know that much about it, so that's why I wanted to ask. So there you go. Sure, maybe it's highly possible that a match lit that crude oil on fire, and that's what made it light up through the town. But I I don't understand why she was whatever. I kind of did this experiment on paint once because I have enamel paint that says it's flammable, and I'm like horseshit. No, it isn't. Mm-hmm. So I held a torch up to it. And after like 30 seconds of torching it, it finally did light on fire. Mm-hmm. And then it just started to burn. Like the whole puddle started to catch and burn as it got hotter. Okay. So dropping a single match in a crude oil likely would not light it on fire the way that they well, said that it would there. 140 degrees. Is that what you said? A flashpoint 140 degrees? I think that's what it said whenever I googled it last night. You might have to double check my answer there. Uh, the flashpoint of a match, but by the time the match got to it, it no, was, the flashpoint of crude oil. The flashpoint of crude oil, but a match would probably it, it, argue. No argument there. It's hot enough to set it on a fire. A match is six hundred to eight hundred degrees Celsius. Okay, so yeah, that's fucking hot. More than enough to catch it on fire. A cigarette is five hundred ten to six hundred twenty-one degrees Celsius, just smoldering. My point is that I don't think that just a single match, once it's past its flashpoint, the prime of its flashpoint, would light it on fire, which is where it would have been. Because he goes, and you see it light up in his hand, and he throws it. It's not one of those things where, like, they light the entire box of matches on fire and throw it in, or light the match and throw it immediately. Like, he lights it, and then you, whatever. I, I'm nitpicking. I'm sorry. I believe a match flame is 600 to 800 degrees. spend another 15 minutes talking about <laughs> the, the flame of crude oil. Or the flash. The phlegm. The phlegm. <laughs> the the phlegm. Okay. All right. Whatever. I'm, I'm sure that I'm probably wrong about this. So there's some thermodynamic scientists out there who will be like, <laughs> why am I listening to this, this podcast? This is Forensic, by the way. I'm going to get back in my Flashpoint Rocket. for investigators. Oh, boy. All right. So that's when Evan Ebnin, Abnarmla, decides that he's going to take yet another risk and try to be the hero yet again and decides that he's gonna inject himself with vampire blood from someone who was mid-turn when they killed him so i don't know like if his blood was even completely transferred over yet or pure enough who knows he just takes the risk and does it but it works out for him and like the first thing he says is i can smell your blood and then he goes all fucking ufc which we're told that you know, he's a badass at one point because the stranger says that he'd like to see him after he says, I'm going to take you outside. He's like, I'd, just, I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. And she's all like, so would I, but what's her face is going to have to clean up after you and after he kicks your ass. Yeah. So we're told that he's a badass. And then he goes out and he kind of gets the jump on the guy. Kind of gets the J on the G. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets his no. <laughs> AK'd kind of a lot and gets kicked so hard that he spins 360 degrees. Ah, uh, but he's a vampire now. But he's a vampire now, so his bones are made of adamantium, apparently. <laughs> and then, I guess, there's no hierarchy of, like, bloodlines, where, like, a vampire that's been a vampire longer is stronger. He apparently is just as strong as all the other vampires are. They're all on the same level now, I guess, presumably, because he wins the fight by... Doing that thing that Max has always said would save you from a mountain lion, which is shoving your fist in his mouth. I have said that. I was about to argue with you, but... <laughs> no, I have long been a proponent of that. <laughs> See, I'm fairly sure that that's a quick way to lose your hand. But, 
you know what? This movie tries to make that argument that it would work. Listen. So well, in fact. <laughs> if if <laughs> you find yourself being attacked by a mountain lion, I'm not recommending this because I'm not a doctor. And if you survive, I don't want a lawsuit. But um, <laughs> I've always maintained if you cram your fist on a mountain lion's throat, it's not going to bite down because suddenly its windpipe is blocked. <laughs> Its immediate concern will be dislodging the obstruction in its throat. and It'll vomit on you. Well, it can try. <laughs> and that'll just make it strangle more. And, like, it'll be freaking out. It won't be worried about trying to bite your arm off. Right. So you'll, you'll have to worry about one less of its five lethal appendages. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the claws might be ripping you to shreds in yes. other parts. But so, anyway. I, that's... I just hope I get attacked by a mountain lion. <laughs> and it just ends with me screaming and... Like trying to do it, I just managed to punch it lightly in the face, and then I die. So, <laughs> I imagine finding the corpse of you with your arms stuck down inside a now dead mountain lion <laughs> on the side of the road. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, presumably he's now on the same level as this leader of the vampires, which I guess is only the leader by maybe vote. I'm not sure because he's clearly not any stronger than any of the other ones because here's this guy who's been a vampire for five minutes and now he's on the same level and is able to kill him by punching through his mouth out the back of his head. <laughs> and pulling part of his skull back through his mouth. Yes. <laughs> Fucking Hadouken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and... And the other vampires are like, well, shit, I yeah. guess we're done here. Yeah, they're like, even though we just saw him wipe the floor with him for 30 seconds, I guess we're all just going to leave because the seven of us can't take on this one guy. Right. I'll see y'all later. And then he's, she's like, or he says, should I go after him? She's like, nah. <laughs> Stay here and watch the sunrise and do something that's just going to kill you. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. He did promise her a sunrise, but I don't know. He did. Yeah, I, I have to wonder. I would have to assume the stranger was the one steering the vampire boat. I would assume so. So who's steering it now? That's what I'm saying. Like, are they just anchored there forever because they can't fucking... I mean, I guess at night they could move the boat. Was that their plan? Like... Are they just going to hide under the snow until, like, the next nightfall? And... <laughs> so yeah, there's so many plot holes with this. Admittedly, I am kind of a sucker at heart, and I did... I was pretty sad. Even going back and watching this again, knowing what was going to happen, like, seeing him slowly burn while they're watching the sunrise together after he saved everyone is still pretty sad. After he saved three people. Three people. <laughs> yes. Including a super annoying person. Yeah. Yeah. That one dark-haired girl is really annoying. Utility worker. B. Oh, that's where Jake finally grew the backbone, is she's like, we should just take care of him now. Yeah. And he was like, nobody touches him. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he does immediately say one of the creepiest and most menacing things you could say after being turned into a monster that's killed half more than half the town. He says, I can smell your blood. Like, yeah. Very that's kind of fucking intimidating. <laughs> so I, I get where she's coming from. But at the same time, he did just infect himself with a horrible disease in order to save you all. It'd be hard to say no to. What? Infecting yourself? Vampire with? disease. If Sanguinous vampiris. Wait, sanguinous. Yeah. Uh, spectacles, testicles, Walton Watch. <laughs> Green spleen submarine. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if... I've always been more of a werewolf guy myself. If I knew the vampires existed... Well, if I had a choice, I would take werewolf stuff. Okay, but are you saying that if you knew when vampires existed, you wouldn't hold out to maybe look and see what else was out there? No. <laughs> oh, all right. 
Like, if I had one shot at getting vampire blood, I'd be like, oh, wow, I'm going to wait another 30-something years to see if there's werewolves. Hmm. No, I will take the vampire blood, and then I'll take the werewolf blood if I find it later and let them duke it out. That sounds like a really awesome way to die. You'd have, like, horrible werewolf diarrhea. (laughs) There is, actually, in Vampire Diaries, they figure out a way to make vampire werewolf Underworld already did it. I feel like this was a, a rambling adventure. So sorry, but it was not sorry. Rambling. Thanks for <laughs> sticking it through. This was such a rambler. So let's... Um, I recommend the Pendergast series of books. They are very horrifying at moments. Oh, we got to score the movie. We do got to score a movie. What are we yeah. doing? Let's score. Pick a score, any score. The Soul Map scale. That is, I believe, how planets are scored. Can we do flashpoints? Is there scores of flashpoints? Wouldn't that just be like any other score? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of degrees. Yeah. Like, Are we talking? Celsius. What about Kelvin? Wow, that's, uh, that's a lot too. Even one degree Kelvin, I think, would kill Juan. us all. Juan. Juan. Whatever. I don't. I'm Wait, not even. I mean, this is all irrelevant now because um, we need to do our scariest, favorite, least favorite shit first. Sure. So, what are we doing first? Scariest. Uh, favorite part. Favorite part. My favorite part was when uh, the vampire lady got brutally hurt by the lamp. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> she got brutally tanned. <laughs> that sounded... She had a very bad sunburn. So much less menacing than what actually happened. <laughs> the vampire lady got hurt by the... Like, it sounds like a lamp fell on her head. Because <laughs> not a lot of the vampires... Some of them got killed. Mm-hmm. But she got freaking like, UV'd, and it was obviously very painful, and she fucking deserved it. Yeah. They all fucking deserved it. She got toasted. And she got what she fucking deserved. So, yeah, that was my favorite part. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Um, I actually really liked the scene where Jake takes out the little girl. Okay. I just thought that it was it was kind of nice, and I like what comes after, where he again tries to protect his brother by telling him like you can't do this. You know, are you able to do that three or four more times? And like the look on his face just says no, and like he doesn't argue with him because he knows. My favorite scene was the aerial shot where everybody's fucking dying, which may or may not be CG. Okay, least favorite part, Max, go. My least favorite part was the vampires in general. They're just arrogant assholes. Like, Mm. they're not Bram Stoker's Dracula. My least favorite part was the LOC. Lack of consistency. If you have rules for your monsters and you make them able to do a certain thing and then you suddenly have them not able to do that thing simply because if they were able to do that thing you would kill your main characters you don't have a good movie at least you don't have a good script don't write yourself into a corner by giving your monsters cool powers and then having to take them away otherwise they'll kill everyone like my least favorite part of the movie was the vampires eating habits Hmm. between the way that they physically ate super unnecessary annoying and inefficient to the part that like they just threw away half of their food source without actually eating any of it. Like, it'd be like taking a bite of a piece of pizza and throwing the rest on the floor, and then taking another slice of pizza and taking a bite of it, and then throwing that slice on the floor. It's, like, really inefficient and stupid, and I hate it. Like eating the cheese, just the cheese off the tip of it, and then sucking some of the sauce off, and then being like, this is done, and throwing it down, taking another piece. (laughs) That's how our toddler eats. That's not how normal people eat. (laughs) Alright, Max. Uh, Scariest scariest part. part for you scariest part i think was when uh bill tackled the vampire into the muffin maker Mm. 
and he comes back over the side with his hand off, oh, and he just God. starts like that. He's screaming, but then it starts to turn into like that inhuman wail. Yeah. I am a big fan of letting your own mind scare you and freak you out. So the scene where you hear the the vampire howling in the distance and she sees it through the sees something through the binoculars and she's like, get back in the car, get back in the car. Like, I really like that scene because it's the first time we really get scared about something. Uh, and, and he didn't argue about it. Either. He didn't. He was just like, OK, he gets back in the car and they go and like, but I just I really love the sound that it has and that that build up to that was I appreciated that. There were no parts of this that were super scary for me. Hmm. Now, there were parts that like kind of made me cringe and go, Ugh. but like there weren't parts that had me legitimately scared, I guess. So you can't pick what part of it you think was scariest. Okay. I mean, that's fair. If you're saying just, I, there were no parts that like, I don't know. I just, no, nope. Okay. All right, Max, uh, scale of one to ten for the scariness of the movie. Eh, about a six. I'm honestly just going to mid-range. It's like a five. Like, the idea is kind of scary, but it's really, it's not terrifying. Yeah, I'd, I'd say probably like a five. I, the fact that you're cut off from the rest of society is a little bit scary, but like other than that, it, I don't know. Yeah, it just isn't super. Vampire, vampire movies aren't scary for me, I guess. Even if they're supposed to be a scary vampire movie. And not Twilight. I will find a scary vampire movie. Okay. I think the original I Am Legend movie, which is actually called Last Man on Earth. No, wait. Yeah, I think so. It's got uh, Vincent Price. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to, and I think it'll be scary. Okay. All right. It's black and white, though. That's fine. Overall rating. I would give it a 7 out of 10 overall. Bastard. It's mine. I really like that movie. No, it's just, I, I agree. I, that was my rating too. Overall, despite its flaws, I still enjoy this movie. I still this movie has just enough of whatever that quality is for you to overlook the shit and just be like, eh, all right, I'm on, like I'm on board. So yeah, seven out of ten. I give it a six out of ten. It has a nostalgia factor for me. I appreciate it for what it is, but there's a lot of plot holes and a lot of issues for yeah. me that the vampires could have been scarier. Like they legitimately could have been scarier. There could have been parts that scared me in this movie, but they're just not. So. Oh, I don't know what made me think of this, but could you imagine if the vampires look like the witch from left for dead? That would be scarier. Or at least some of them. Like if there was one that was like older and more feral, that they just like let out to find people. There usually is in vampire movies, but Marlowe didn't seem. No, that's that what I was saying. Changed. Like, I feel like the older ones are usually stronger and are, like, more affected by vampirism, but... Yeah, like, they're seems... weaker to the sun. It's yeah. all it's all more yeah. than when they're younger. All of it is amplified. The weaknesses and the strengths. And he just seemed like he was apparently on the same level. Because he got, like I said, murdered by somebody who was a vampire for five minutes before that. Also, he calls him the one who fights as he walks up. I know, that was kind of lame. It's like, <laughs> of all the things you could have said, like, the one who fights. The one who fights. Yeah, all right. He's the one who fights. Like, aren't they all fighting? Wouldn't anyone in the town walking up to you be the one who fights? Because weren't they all shooting at you? But okay. So, yeah, that's that. Thank you for listening. Sorry we rambled a little Wait. bit. Um, Wait. I was mm-hmm. going to throw it over to you. Wait. 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 Uh, Max has to pick next week's. <laughs> I was gonna throw it over, but it's fine. It's I fine. I thought a lot about it. There you go. I have actually. Okay. It was a hard choice because there's. I just. 
So but many. We are going to do the mummy. Okay. Which mummy? The first mummy. How how could you ask? Brendan Fraser? Huh? I, I'm asking him. How could he ask? Oh that? yeah. Because he literally just talked about watching a black and white movie, and there are multiple black and white movies. I mean, the mummy with Rachel Weisz and Brendan Fraser okay. and. The 1999 movie? Is that how old it is? Yeah. I know there's a lot of CGI in that movie. I was going to say, it's all practical effects. But I freaking (laughs) love The Mummy, so we're doing it. It's such a good movie. Spoilers. 1999. Yep. So, yeah. If you don't like us rating movies with nostalgia goggles on, you're not going to have a good time next Uh, time. Sorry. We all grew up with that movie. Yeah, if you think the coolest movies came out in like 2010 or later, yeah, well... You should rethink your life choices. Yeah, you need to go ask your mom if you can have another juice box. Because <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get back there too. We got some coming from 1982. Let's see. I'll start picking newer ones. You guys pick older ones. I'm gonna uh, I'll pick whatever I want. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Yeah. We will be back next time with our discussion of the mummy. Yeah. Which I'm actually pretty excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Be sure to watch 1999. <laughs> Brennan Fraser, Rachel Wise, Mummy. Thanks for listening to Hounds of Horror. If you enjoyed our podcast and would like to know how to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash houndsofhorrorpod. If you support us on Patreon, you get access to some cool Patreon-only items, or just have the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping us create more content.